This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the January 17th edition of the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher. Getting ready to talk some Thursday actions, some injuries from Wednesday. There were quite a few of them. And we had a trade. With me to break this all down is Ryan Knoss. What's up, man? Uh, well, you mentioned the injuries that happened, and I feel like I finally caught a break, Mike. I've been <laughs> just the source of, uh, you know, all, all sorts of slings and arrows coming my way this season, uh, from the Aiton and Collins suspensions to Kyrie injury to just all sorts of things. But I none of this really touched me on Wednesday. Were were your teams damaged by this slew of injuries? That I we picked saw? up Gafford everywhere, but then I also picked up Cornet in a bunch, so it's kind of a wash. And I actually think Cornet. Okay. We'll get to him. In a, I think that Cornet now that Gafford's down, I think Cornet's going to be kind of valuable. Uh, I have him almost everywhere. As do I. Yeah, so uh, we'll talk about him in a little bit, but yeah, yeah, okay. I, I was pretty much unscathed for the most part because I was instead of, I like instead of taking Jam- I'm a Jamal Murray guy, but I was taking Shea instead. So and I usually had I had I went so point guard heavy. I have like so much Donovan Mitchell, I have so much Kemba, and so much Shea that I wasn't really drafting other point guards in that in that range. So, yeah. Um, I yeah, actually I'm, don't have Murray anywhere either, which is surprising because yeah. I, I feel like I was higher on him than most, and he slid in a lot of drafts. He yeah. was going, you know, around 70 for the most part. Yep. Um, but, yeah, for whatever reason, I I didn't land him, so yep. uh, that didn't touch me yep. either. I don't have any Gary Harris, or I'll never have Paul Millsap because he's older. But, uh, yeah, not, right. and, not, and a lot of other stuff wasn't too bad. Like, we thought that Steven Adams looked pretty bad, but that wasn't, but... You and I work Wednesday, and it was, uh, we were, I, I, I got a lot of games that were busy, and it was, uh, last night was eventful, too. I think I wrote, like, 70 game blurbs um, with so much impact oh, from the injuries to the Nuggets, yeah. and there's so much to talk about from a really a light Thursday, but um, we want to talk about the trade first. Um, very impactful trade, and it's kind of weird for one of the worst teams in the NBA to get a kind of good player for a contract dump in Allen Crabb. Basically, it's Teague for Crabb with... Uh, Trayvon Graham also going to Atlanta. Uh, so I'll set you up here. So I think that going with the Wolves, obviously losing Teague, there's three players who get a clear boost uh, as far as like right away. I think that the first three are going to be Jared Culver, Shabazz Napier, and Andrew Wiggins. Uh, Culver's playing his best ball this season. Over his last four, he's at 16-5-2, 1.3 steals, 1.53s. Um, 53% from the field. He's getting to the rim more. Still can't really shoot the free throws very well. But he's been pretty solid. And then also, he'll play next to Andrew Wiggins more. And I think they're going to kind of... I think they may even bring Napier off the bench. I still like him as a pickup, but I'll get to him. Um, but when it's the Culver-Wiggins backcourt, Culver's been pretty good too. He's been at 14-6-6 six, six per 36 when it's that backcourt. No point guard next to them. They're, you know, traditional point guard. And then Wiggins as well has been really good without Napier and Teague. 27-5-4 per 36, uh, shooting the ball pretty well. So uh, those guys will benefit. And then Shabazz Napier, he may even come off the bench uh, with a little bit of Jordan McLaughlin kind of sprinkled in there. It sounds like he's going to be up for tonight. 
But um, yeah, I think that all those guys are going to be uh, really stepping up. And Culver, uh, obviously, you'd like to be punting free throws, but um, he's played so much better, and his game just looks like it's turned the corner. Yeah. So are, are you thinking Jarrett Culver becomes full time starting point guard? I think he starts for sure. I don't know if it's well be starts. Him. Yeah, but yeah. So and and then would they put Crab at shooting guard in this scenario, or, or a, I think they'll bring jo- him up the bench. Josh Okoji, maybe. But they they have one of their assistant coaches who used to put, uh, work with Crab. That apparently he works pretty well in their system. So apparently yeah. it wasn't just for the contract that they they wanted to get him for. I don't know if you want to buy that, but um. Well, frankly, they they need. I mean, you yeah, look at this they, roster. You watch them play. They need some someone who can hit threes. Yep. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. yeah, I think Crab could. It's especially if um like Wiggins or somebody goes down. Or Culver, or even maybe Covington. I could they go. Crab played some four last year with the with the Nets, but um, yeah, I, I, he's someone to like watch. But those are really like, there's another guy I really like too. But those are like the clear winners right now. Yeah, he's just kind of a three point guy, and I'm with yeah. you. I think I think Napier, Culver, and Wiggins they have experimented with some. You know, they're letting him handle the ball. I think they want that to be a thing where Wiggins oh, yeah. is a playmaker, a little a little bit more freedom on the court, and he's done well in that role this year. So. Uh, I'm with you. I think all those guys win. I would grab Napier if he's if he's mm-hmm. out there. Been a little bit quiet lately, but he had nine times uh, on Wednesday. Played 29 minutes. We saw. I think it was late December through January. He scored 20 plus points in four straight games. The Jeff longest Teague missed two stretch. of those. Yep. Yeah, and that was the longest stretch of his career. And he, exactly with with Teague out, he stepped up. So I say grab him. See where that goes. Yep. Culver should already be owned. I'm I'm yeah. totally sold on him. His defensive numbers have picked up. He's got uh, past two weeks. He's shooting 45 percent from deep. 1.3 steals. 0.8 blocks. Very impressive. Like you just watch him play, and you're like, oh yeah, this kid's got it. So um, grab him. Grab Napier. Obviously, if you have Wiggins, this is a a, a plus. Uh, so after that, I think maybe McLaughlin will kind of get sprinkled in here and there. But I will add, I think Napier, if you could, if ideally, if like you play with a league who, with people who aren't very sharp, Napier has a one point eight million dollar expiring contract. That's an extremely tradable contract. Uh, so if yeah. they're going to want to move on from him, it makes a whole lot of sense. So I think he's going to be. And if you play in a competitive league, and if a guy's going to be valuable for two three weeks, pick him up. Um, if, unless I say this all the time, unless you're in a league where you make the playoffs every year, um, a join a better league, but b you know he may not be valuable to you. But because um, I think he does have kind of an expiration date on his value. So another player that I think is kind of like next level pickup, if you're in a deep league and you have to be ahead of the curve, I think it's Kata Bates drop, and that's really tied to the Robert Covington yeah. trade rumors that are going to come about. Uh, he was straight behind Robert Covington in the last game, um, no overlap, you know, thirty-one seventeen split. Uh, but Kata Bates dropped last year, played the three, the four, and the five, and I think he's going to play a little bit of three with Travion Graham going away, um, and obviously you know they're, they're pretty thin there, so if they're going to slide up Wiggins and, and Culver to the two and three, there's going to be minutes at the three, and again, he's, he's played there before. He does have some overlap with Covington as well, so they've run that three-four combination as well, so uh, I think his minutes climb up to 23-24 now. So you're probably talking about a guy who's going to be maybe like top 200-ish for maybe three or four weeks. But that's not going to like yeah. burn you. So if he if he's okay and then coming and gets traded, I think you have a guy who could be you know top 100-ish. Um, a little bit. He's been kind of a 1-1-1 one, one, and one guy for steals, blocks, and threes per 36. And he's shown, he's, I think he's played 37 minutes three times in his career or 36 minutes three times in his career. Um, so he has a kind of upside. He's really well-rounded. He had a pretty good summer league a couple of years ago. Um, so 
especially on a team that needs a lot of playmakers. Uh, I think that he's really the the next level pickup. Yeah. Um. So I I'm not super sold on Kate Bates' jobs upside. Like yeah. I don't I don't see him. Uh, you know I think you cited top 100. That's reasonable. And all these guys, like even Keelan Martin, I keep an eye on. Josh Koji doesn't again a, a guy without exciting upside, but. Any young guy on the Wolves, because they're a bad team. You mentioned that the trade rumors will start for Covington. They've already started. He's reportedly on the block. The Sixers, Rockets, and Mavs have expressed interest. I can't see him staying on this team past yeah. the All-Star break, um, which it remains to be seen whether that's good or bad for Rocco owners. Depends where he lands, obviously. But um, So, yeah, any of, any of the guys I just mentioned, I definitely keep an eye on young players in Minnesota because this team – isn't going to try the rest of the season. And I think super deep, if you have an open IR spot, uh, Jake Lehman, who at times could be pretty high usage and can be efficient. So, again, that's, he's hurt right now. Yeah. So you're talking. Do you like, uh, do, I don't, I want to say Nas, like the rapper, but yeah. Nas yeah. Reed? <laughs> um, yeah. Do you, well, do you, do you like him? Pretty much. I think Jang could be traded. So if that happens, um, you know, he's kind of cut into Vonley. Um, and he's had, he's got skills. He shoots threes. He passed really well in summer league from what I saw, like as far as face up elbow stuff. So he's pretty good. Um, you know, yeah, he's high motor guy, in, so, in yeah. limited minutes. Yep. Uh, moving to the, anything else on this side? Uh, I guess cat real quick. Guess what? He's questionable again today. Uh, he's going to be game time. He was game time two weeks ago. Didn't play, but he's over his illness now. Uh, both, uh, John Kay from The Athletic and Dane Moore, who, they're both really great reporters, are both saying that it sounds like he's going to be back today uh, for a back-to-back set. So I don't know why they would play him on the front end, but um, you'd think they wouldn't play in, the, in both of them. But, um, yeah, um, I don't really know what to say. Um, so. Yeah, man, he's kill- it, it speaks volumes that the last player we talked about on the Wolves after <laughs> after after Reed and Bates' job yeah. was Carl Anthony Towns because – yeah, what else is there to say at this point? Yeah. It's, he's and questionable. Martin, he's and out. McLaughlin. It's so yeah, bad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just so it's so brutal. But um, yeah, it's not yeah, like owners he's know the deal. It's rough. He's a shutdown risk. It's yeah. it's not good, especially now that they're kind of tanking it up. So, okay, let's move on yeah. to and I guess well, actually, Covington's kind of been balling, but you want you'd want him to stay put. And although on the flip side of that, you wouldn't mind him getting traded because he would be a shutdown risk given his knee issues. So I guess it's okay. And he doesn't need scoring yeah, like, anyways. Put, it, put him on the Rockets, I'm yeah. thrilled. Oh my god, yeah, that'd be huge. It'd be perfect there. So, yeah. <laughs> Come, it'd be a return for the... He was on the Rockets G League team with the Rio Grande Valley Vipers back in the day. Before oh, Hinkie called good, good pull. Thank you, thank you. Uh, okay, so moving on to the Hawks side. Not a lot of whole takeaways for me here. Uh, I think we'll see a little bit of... I think Teague's a drop in 10-teamers, probably even in 12-teamers, just because Trey Young's been playing 37 minutes a game this month. And uh, Kevin Hurd is playing light side. He's playing 35 minutes a game. Uh, and I looked this up. So his his assists are up this month, but his assists per minute are actually down. The assists are up because his playing time has gone up so much. So and he has it's a pretty even split. It's a 0.7 per 36 increase, which isn't really that much uh, with and without Trey. Obviously more with Trey or without Trey. Excuse me. But um, I'm not too worried. Kevin Hurd has been lights freaking out lately. Uh, so I, maybe just a slight downturn where he's not like early round like he's been the last few weeks here. But I'm still believing in him. I think it really it affects DeAndre Bembry, Cam Reddish, who will have a much shorter leash now. Um, and that's kind of it. I don't really think anybody else I'd, I'd really be concerned with. Yeah, I'm not reading too much into this. 
Um, yeah. Th- there's a chance. I mean, the Hawks are a very bad team. Teague is 31 years old. It feels like they brought him in just to be a sort of locker room mentor, mm-hmm. right? Um, play 15, 20 minutes a night off the bench. That's about it. Uh, so I'm not... Kevin Herter, I will say, I did not see this coming. Yeah. <laughs> top top 40 value, lights out scoring, as you said, uh, steal per game over the past couple weeks, over 3.2 triples over the past two weeks, seven boards, four assists. Like He's on another level right now, so congrats to anyone who drafted him. I don't have him anywhere. Yeah, I, have, uh, I had him and Shea Gilgis-Alexander on one team go back-to-back with just monster full lines. Uh, with nice. Monday, Tuesday, there that was go. nice. Oh, Shea, by the way, he's been like number one in 2020. Oh, baby, I could talk about him for the whole podcast, but we don't. Yeah, need that 2020 10 line was incredible. Oh, so awesome. Uh, okay, so let's move on uh, to uh, really the game of the night, and it was a late one. It kept me up late at night uh, doing Thursday blurbs, but uh, it, we got a lot out of it. Uh, I think I blurbed 16 guys, um, so it's all on the site if you want to check it out. Yeah, I was uh, I was busy yesterday, but. Um, Let's start with the Nuggets. Obviously, the the big headline here really comes from three guys. Uh, Will Barton, season high 31, 7 assists. Uh, Malik Beasley busts out 39 minutes, 27 points. That's a season high. Tremendous. Uh, tr- uh, plus 23. Played great on the wing. Hit a bunch of open shots. Got his own shot. It was awesome. And then Michael Porter Jr. played the final uh, 16:49, I believe, in regulation and overtime to get him to 29 minutes after really not much going on in the first half. I think it was like eight minutes. So he really got hot. Uh, Barton played 20 minutes at point guard last night. Uh, he had 15 points and five dimes, plus 46 net rating in those 20 minutes to really push the comeback. Uh, so that really put Monte Morris on the back burner, who was everybody's hot pickup, myself included. Uh, I picked him up wherever I could. I ran to the waiver wire before Murray got to the locker room on Wednesday. Um, and then uh, the other takeaway, too, is Mason Plumlee played a lot of four last night. Huge game. Uh, 15 and 14, two blocks of steel, four dimes. Uh, he was really good up front um, to really push them over the top. Uh, and then Jokic was kind of Jokic. He's been just awesome lately. Uh, so P.J. Dozier, who was really talked up, exceptional ball handler or pick-and-roll ball handler, According to Mike Malone, he got basically pushed aside uh, with this Barton point guard lineup. So, um, pretty much yeah. set you up there. What do you What do you got? Well, for one thing, obviously Will Barton gets a huge boost. Yeah. It's not It's not actionable though because he's already owned. So it's yeah. just like if you own him, congratulations. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you just lucked. You just lucked into more value. Yeah. Um, it, Otherwise, like a guy like Malik Beasley, Monty Morris was disappointing. I'm not reading a ton into that because it's a one-game sample size. They were playing the Warriors. It was an overtime game. Even, for instance, Plumlee, you mentioned how he played a lot of power forward. Yes, I think he'll get more minutes there while Millsap is out, but that's also very much situational. Night to night, Mike Malone is fine just mixing up his lineups and mix and matching. You know, one night we might see more... Jeremy Grant, Torrey Craig, even at power forward, yep. maybe Michael Porter Jr. So I'm not picking up Miles Plumley. I'm not ready to jump on the Malik Beasley bandwagon, although I get it. Like if you just have a dead spot on your roster, pick him up, see if he can duplicate that. And I'm not cutting Monty Morris. Mm-mm. So I guess after one game, I'm not, you know, I'm not overreacting to any of those lines. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think that the only thing I'm willing to overreact to is the Barton thing. Uh, or react to, I guess, um, because he okay. played. 70- I do love Michael. 
Porter Jr., by the way. Yeah, so. I'll get to him too. <laughs> but um, yeah, last year he played 72 minutes at point guard. He was 21-5-4 and four over that time. Uh, that's a rough estimate because I, uh, I don't have the numbers for when Isaiah Thomas right. was out there for five minutes. But So it's basically 21-5-4. But anyways, um, yeah. Um, and he played 14 minutes at point guard prior to last night too. So yeah, the, the, that's really, like you said, there's really nothing you could do. Um, Barton was kind of iffy. He wasn't really great the last few week or so or last couple weeks or so but um now he should just really crush um but to your point i'm not worried about monte morris um he was really really good last year he played so well that he saw a lot of run next to uh jamal murray and he was actually playing next to jamal murray um i believe 18 minutes in the last two games um next to murray before he got hurt that's prior to the injury uh and then i forgot to write down his um yeah, last year in his six starts, he was at uh, 15, 4, and 5, 1.2 steals on 55% from the field, 80% from the line. That's like fit top 50 kind of a stuff right there. Um, and he was playing 34 minutes per game in that time. So, yeah, they fell behind. I think that the game flow really went their way. I will add that I think that the whole that line I decided, that 15, 5, and good numbers, a little bit down. And then also the 34 is going to be down too because – they didn't have Barton for some of that stretch. They didn't have uh, Michael Porter Jr. for some of that stretch. So mm-hmm. um, that's a factor too. And I, I think I would pick up Beasley if you're, like you said, in a deep league. Um, over, like I'd drop like a Maury Spellman for him or somebody like that. We'll get to that in a second. But uh, I'm not willing to dismiss this. I think that they really have – given Michael Porter Jr. has been just ridiculous, man. Um, first double-double last night. Insane efficiency lately. He's been doing everything. He's been really crafty around the basket, getting open looks, moving off the ball well, like doing everything. Yeah. He's just seriously grown like a year in like the last two weeks um, for how much he's grown as an offensive weapon. So I think that they're really going to want to trade Malik Beasley just because, I mean, what else are they going to do? You know, if, if Michael Porter Jr. is going to play, and Malone said last night that Porter Jr. will play every game now. Um, something consistently, but we heard that before yeah. two weeks ago or so. He was like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna play him twenty five minutes per game." And he played like what three minutes against the Cavs that one Saturday or whatever it was. But um, yeah, I think that's a big takeaway. So I think if we had to rank pickups, I would probably put. I had it yesterday, Morris number one, but I'd probably go Porter number one. Um, but it's like one A, one B. I still like them both quite a bit. Uh, and then Beasley a distant third, and then uh, Pumley if you need a big man. Yeah, that sounds about right. I might put put Porter first. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, when you look at guys with upside, right, we always talk about, like, lower tier guys who might blow up. Well, we just saw Michael Porter Jr. put up yeah. 18, 10, five assists, two steals, a block, three three-pointers, didn't miss a free throw, shot six of 10 from the field, and did not turn the ball over in 29 minutes. Yeah. The the upside is right. Like we saw it, it's it exists. He's been, as you said, fantastic in recent weeks in limited minutes. So, yeah, I'm I'm holding him everywhere. I picked him up a couple. Yeah, weeks and ago. I was kind of stunned that I thought they were gonna pull him. Like he was red hot early in the fourth, and I was like, all right, Malone's never really ridden him for like 15 plus minutes before, and then he did. I was like, oh wow. So he played him all the way through the, down the stretch. So yeah. Um, yeah, right. Was, they seem more more confident in his health now. Which absolutely, is yeah. For a guy who had two back surgeries, obviously missed all last year. Basically missed his last year in college too. So, um, yeah, it was seriously like uh, eye opening. Oh my god, this guy is good. It was one of maybe top t- maybe ten of those games all season where we say that. Um, uh, Kevin Porter Jr. had one of those too. But um, come back soon, Kevin Porter Jr. It's it's funny that uh, Otto Porter Jr. is the least valuable Porter Jr. I guess in fantasy right now. Um, okay, so let's move on to the Warriors side of this. 
A lot going on here. Uh, Damian Lee returned, looked great. Uh, really cutting the D'Angelo Russell actually a little bit. Russell played horribly, I thought. Um, lost the minutes, lost some opportunities to score the ball. Shot 6 of 18 from the field. He's on the trade block. Damian Lee's uh, ownership percentage fell off hardcore um, from the contract thing. So pick him up. He was, I think, at 30% yesterday. Uh, he needs to be at like 100. Um, but he looks great. Uh, Alec Burks was big time off the bench. He closed. Uh, he's been tremendous. I know uh, we've had our, our issues with Alec Burks, but he's been uh, really solid. Eric Pascal had one of his best games of the season, or in a while anyways, so he was a factor. Uh, Draymond Green had a neck and a jaw, a jaw thing, by the way, so he played through it, but the Warriors are probably going to want to be careful when they can, so keep an eye on that. And then I guess really the headline was Willie Cauley-Stein supplanting Amari Spellman, who's had two bad games in a row, and as great as he was coming into the week, I'm ready to move on uh, on a Mary Spellman. Uh, and then Marquise Chris returned from uh, on a two-way deal. He's going to have, I think, 20-something days uh, on his two-way. So he'll have games, games where he's going to have to sit because uh, of the contract. Yeah. I still like Spellman rest of season-wise because I think eventually they're just going to turn him loose. He was really, really good to start January, hitting tons of three-pointers, getting some boards, uh, some steals, a couple blocks here and there. And even a, a handful of assists. So he was pretty impressive, but you're right. I'm I'm willing to cut him, which is easy for me to say because I only own him in one league and it's a 30-team league. Um, yeah. But I'm also not that excited to pick up Willie Cauley-Stein, so I don't really see any winners here. I feel like they might just trade off mediocre games. Every once in a while, Marquise Chris will play more center. He'll go off. Um, so I don't know. And in terms of Eric Pas- Pascal, are you – Adding him everywhere, like, do you no. view him as must-own? No. Yeah, neither do I. Yeah. At uh, least until Draymond Green gets shut down, right. inevitably, and then and then run to the waiver that's what Yeah, that's what he's tied to. Like, basically, and I always talk about this, like, Troy Brown to Bradley Beal, Pascal to Draymond, uh, and then there's a list of other guys that keep going. But, um, yeah, I, I thought he played well. Kerr was really pleased with how he played. So he's going to be tied to him hardcore. Uh, and then also, to add to your point... Steve Kerr even said it's going to be like a feel thing for his center rotations. Kevon Looney's going through one-on-one, mm. so he'll eventually be a factor here. Right. I pretty sure. much want no part of it, man. Uh, and it's in a 12-team-ish, shallowest 12-team-ish. Uh, I'd, I'd just rather mess with something else where there's few, uh, less competition around. Yeah, I'm with you. And, and even uh, Smilicic didn't even yep. play last night. and He could get some power forward yep. minutes. There's just too many, too many moving parts here. Yep. So... I'm with you. I walk away, and yep. if you own D'Angelo Russell, hope he gets traded to a good situation, stuff like that. But yeah, the Warriors are, are a hot mess. Possibly Minnesota, but uh, we'll see what happens. They apparently want a whole lot, uh, and I guess they would have to get a whole lot to get that sign and trade deal to go down. But um, yeah, I mean, right. I think the Warriors are definitely open to it, um, given the way that their season shaked out and how they're going to get, how they already have. We always said from the jump, back before guys got hurt. That it may it's going to be hard to get Russell Clay and Steph all moving in the same offense. Um, and I'll add one more thing. Uh, Jordan Poole had a pretty good game. Steve Kerr talked him up. He said the ten days in the G League really helped him. So obviously he needs a whole lot to happen because he's just been a disaster. Uh, I actually cut him in the thirty man league because uh, I, I, he just has no upside. Um, but yeah, he played pretty well. Okay. Anything else? No, I think for a while Poole was. Dead last in the league for true shooting, but <laughs> yeah. other other than that, nothing, nothing. Him, bad. And, Cam, him and Cam Reddish were like buddy buddy. Oh, there you go. Oh, and then okay, let's uh just got this news here from Nick's PR. I'm gonna just jump to this. Um, R.J. Barrett 
Uh, he is out at least one week. Uh, had an ankle sprain. Um, was on crutches. Said it was the most pain he's had playing ball. Uh, so he's going to be out. Uh, I think really two guys come into play for deep leagues. You're going to be looking at Damian Dotson. And I think Frank Nielakina is someone to keep an eye on. Uh, they ran him and Kadeem Allen as the garbage time backcourt. Uh, and we saw Nielakina play some off ball. And they talked about that a lot with Fizdo, obviously. Um, but he can do it. So um, yeah, I, I would pick up Nielakina, obviously. Uh, I'm kind of a, a Frankie Smokes guy, I guess. Uh, more so than any, really anyone, I guess. Or very few people. who I guess non-Knicks, non-Knicks fan division. Um, I'm a Frankie Smokes guy. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm down. I, I, I would pick up. Uh, I would give him a shot uh, and see if he could kind of do some things. Good steals. Assist numbers should be there. Maybe Alfred Payton possibly gets traded too. So uh, a lot of avenues to pick up some run. Uh, yeah, I'm in the opposite camp. I'm yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I mean, outside the top 250 over the past couple of weeks, yes, his minutes might go up, but he's you know he still doesn't have a jumper. The steals are good but it's almost been overblown like he's he's not even a steel specialist he he can be for yeah. bursts but anyway point being i'm not adding him but um i don't know wayne ellington's gonna get more minutes i'm not really excited about anything here maybe yeah. if needle akina plays more shooting guard that gives elford payton a little more run at point guard so he probably gets a little boost yeah um maybe kadeem allen super super deep too so not too much to take away there. We um, had to talk about the Warriors in the next back-to-back, huh? Yeah, that's it. And, and the Hawks. <laughs> that's, what, that's what we do, though. The fan, in fantasy, pay no, attention, I know. You pay, gotta pay attention to the bad teams. And, yeah. yeah. Like, there's a reason why we don't – like, we're basically skipping over Utah because, I mean, as great as they yeah, are, their rotation set in get. stone. Yep. Yeah, Donovan Mitchell. Exactly. Just quickly, I was so mad at Donovan Mitchell. Like, I have him on all my leagues with decent stakes. I have him in seriously every – all of them. Um, and he was so bad last week, but all, all was forgiven after yesterday. Uh, time is yeah, I, I had a, a friend who was in New Orleans and bought a ticket to that. He said they were basically giving away tickets. They were oh. $6 tickets. He, he bought like a floor seat for $55. Wow. <laughs> and anyway, and he, he just happened to, to get a great overtime game. Uh, 0.2 seconds left, and they somehow fouled Rudy Gobert and, and let him tie it. They ended up winning anyway, but... Yeah. Uh, what a, what a game! But well, you're that, right. Donovan Mitchell and Brandon Ingram were superstars last night. Oh yeah. So that brings us to the Pelicans. Uh, really, the big news of the week around the whole NBA landscape is Zion Williamson is set to return on January 22nd against the Spurs. Um, been going through a lot of on court work and doing some practice. He has, I believe, the 17th today, and then the 19th are his two practice days. He has to go through with flying colors. If he does, he's going to start. Uh, and then we'll see where it goes. Um, he's going to have a ton of restrictions on him. Uh, you would assume no back-to-backs probably for the season. Yeah. Um, and I'd say until the All-Star break at least, like, what, 22 minutes is probably where he's sitting? Something like that? Yeah, 20, 25 tops probably. Yeah. So, and then he'll probably hit 27 maybe. Like, I think I don't see him playing 30 minutes a game. And that's still fine. Like I, I think Zion, even in that time, if he could play that often, and then not, and then um, you know only only miss back to back games, I still think he's going to be really, really valuable. He was insane in the preseason, but um, yeah, uh, it's going to be tough to trade for him. I think just because most people who drafted him took him, uh, unless you drafted like at, like right when the season started, he went second, third round, sometimes fourth round when the the first report came out. 
So, um, I mean, what are your expectations on stat line and maybe fantasy value? Oh, stat line, I'd be leery to to fully project. But I think minutes-wise, I think you're right at somewhere in the 22 to 28 range is where he's going to where he's going to finish. Um, I think if you drafted him, it's just going to be disappointing, I think, because the minutes are so low. He's not going to play back-to-backs. It's going to be frustrating, and you've held him for so long. The bottom of the one, I guess it's good because the Western Conference is so bad, the Pelicans are still somehow three and a half games out of the number eight seed. Um, yeah. But I, you know, I don't see them actually playing for the playoffs. I, so I kind of disagree. Yeah, you think they could get there? So the only teams ahead of them are Phoenix, Portland, and the Spurs, and then the Grizzlies at number eight. Yeah. So, I, yeah, maybe they could stay. I mean, that's, again, a very bad bunch of teams, <laughs> frankly. Um, but, yeah, Zion, I don't know. I'd say if he gets top 50, I'd be thrilled as someone who does own him in one league. Yeah. Um, they, I, I think they're, what, 9-3 and three in the last 12 games, the Pelicans? Are they um, that hot? Yeah, man. And then one of those losses was without Derek Favors when they got destroyed against Boston. Um, and Drew. And then they, had, and oh, yeah, not, and then they missed that foul call on Rudy Gobert. So you could say right. if they got that if they got that foul call right on Gobert the last time they played back on January sixth, they're ten and two uh, in their last twelve games. So I think they're playing great. Uh, favors, by the way. Oh my god, um, monster, monster, monster stat line. And this is what we kind of envisioned uh, back in the preseason. Yeah. And he looks. Awesome. Played in overtime. Big minutes in his return. Couldn't have had a better debut. Um, so I honestly think if, it depends on what you could get for him. But, um, you know, Favors is he's going to have his downsides. Yeah. But um, he's going to be so yeah. good when he's active. And even now, was, I don't Nicole think Zion will affect him, by the way, much. No, I'm, I'm like, as long as Favors is healthy. I mean, he's smashing right now. Yeah. Uh, Nicolo Melli will obviously lose with Zion back. But yeah. I think his court spacing is so beneficial for the Pelicans. I watched that entire game, and he really forces it. Like, someone has to be on him at the arc. And suddenly there's a lot more space for Lonzo Ball to, to drive, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram. I mean, just everyone benefits with Nicolo Melli out there. He didn't have a, a, a stat line. And his plus-minus wasn't even great. I think defensively he's kind of a liability. But it'll be interesting to see how they navigate that because Zion, you know, he has a three-point shot, but it not it's really. kind of awkward-looking. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's kind of awkward, and, and we're not sure how it'll translate to the NBA. Yeah. So, with you know, if he's starting alongside Favors, uh, Lonzo, Josh Hart, and Ingram, let's say. And it, would be, it would be Drew, Drew, for, Drew for Hart, yeah. Yeah, it would have to be. But uh, anyway, point being, it'll be interesting to see how the court spacing works. Yeah. I don't think Zion will really, like, if you're a coach, you're not going to, like, account for that. You know, if he's open, you close out on him, all this and that. But uh, anyways, yeah. I, so I think when Zion returns, and assuming Drew comes back too, um, Hart's going to go away. Obviously, Frank Jackson, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Etwan Moore, and Melly are all going to go away. So there's a, a go away as far as, like, fantasy value and, you know, even 14-teamers. Yeah, he's a usage black holes so yeah. he'll, he'll take up all all sorts of touches yeah so and drew was great in the preseason um was they were running at like a 125 pace in the preseason just absurd pace so um i think that'll be good for drew and again i think favors his upside comes down a little bit because they'll play they did play zion at the five a little bit in the preseason but um yeah he's fine lonzo's been great i uh, had a bad shooting game yesterday but yeah. he still looks like he's ready to so roll you've 13 been times. 
Yeah. I, I know you were very high on Drew coming into the season, yeah. kind of borderline first round pick. Are um, you obviously he's been a little bit disappointing, got yeah. got hurt recently. But do, are you optimistic about his uh, second half? I mean, if I drafted today, I'd probably take him like the third round. Okay, so, so not so optimistic. Yeah, I was wrong. I'll take I'll take my losses. Um, I thought he was gonna be better. He did have when he was healthy. He was kind of cruising, man. Um, yeah, he was kind of second rounder when he was coming. Um, obviously losing Zion, I thought was bad, but um, you know the Pelicans are playing well now, so. Um, it's so just, this yeah, whole and, and I, I guess the we, you know we mentioned how they might be in the playoff race, so that clearly helps him. Yep, yep, I think so too. And they made even if they trade him, um, that's fine. Because Drew, just, we say this all the time, like Drew doesn't need the ball to be to be valuable in fantasy. He does so many things. Yeah, so. very good off-ball player. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and so, apparently prefers it. He views himself as a shooting guard. So. Yeah. Uh, so moving on to the Suns, they had a, a big game from DeAndre Ayton. First 2020 game, career-high 21 boards. Just crushed Julius Randle inside. Um, it really couldn't have been better. Um, just It was a runaway. He was plus 31. Um, how great do you feel? And he finally started, by the way. That was just a joke that they brought him off the bench. So you would think he starts for the foreseeable future. You love to see 35 minutes. Um, they basically they played, actually, they did play Baines at the four in the first quarter as well, which was kind of a bit of a matchup maybe against Portis and Mitch Rob. But anyways, um, Aiton just looks like a baller right now. I'm, I'm, I will make a, a snap judgment and say he looks like he's going to be a top 25-ish guy going forward. If he's healthy. Oh yeah, I, yeah, I, I, that's safe to say. I would, I would throw out there, uh, you know, blocking shots, 26, 21 rebounds. I didn't even realize he hit that last night. Uh, Eleven of fifteen from the field, he's playing huge minutes. They finally abandoned, for the most part, that that silly twin tower approach <laughs> that they were trying for a while. And yeah, he's just going to be unleashed as a as he should be for you know last year's number one pick. So, yep. whoops. Over, over the yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> not yeah. a not an appropriate pick, but uh, yeah. fantasy owners, you know, it suffered a lot early this season with that oh, yeah. twenty-five game suspension. So it's nice to see him, uh, nice to see him crush him for you. Yeah, and Mikel Bridges basically stepped right into Kelly Oubre's minutes at thirty-five. No steals was a little bit of a letdown. Uh, Oubre in the concussion protocol. It looked like he suffered the concussion in the first quarter on Tuesday and played through it. Mm. So you would assume it's minor, probably day to day. So I wouldn't go run to add him. Uh, if you're dropping somebody that could help you down the line. Um, but yeah, uh, Cam Johnson going to get a lot of shots on the second unit and kind of is what it is there. Um, yeah, I, w- I will say on, on bridges, he's been playing well for the past yeah. month, shooting almost 60% from the field over 80% from the line. Uh, 1.4 steals is really the, the key to his value. I'd rather have him than, for instance, Needle Aquina, kind of yeah. a similar oh, yeah, yeah, steals yeah. steel specialist guy, but with a little more upside for me. Oh yeah, no question. I'm talking like, would you rather have? I'm sure you'd rather have Beasley over Needle Aquina. Yeah, about, yeah. What about Baines? Would you drop Aaron Baines for Needle Aquina? I would. Uh, yeah, I haven't owned Aaron Baines anywhere. So I have. I, have, I picked him up in a bunch of leagues. But he was, was really good for a yeah, while. Oh, yeah. but, the first two okay. weeks, he was like second, third round. But he's really fading Yeah, I'd probably away. cut him with with eight with Aiden playing so well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, kind of is what it is. Uh, moving on to let's talk some Bucks real quick. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo, who was kind of trending down coming into the week, he's played a little bit uh, better lately. Uh, he had one of his best games of the season. Hit a lot of open shots. Got out in transition. Was really effective there. Uh, cutting Eric Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe hates the Celtics. 
Uh, Drew Bledsoe, jerseys, all this and that. Uh, Terry Rozier uh, still lives rent-free in Eric Bledsoe's head. Um, Bledsoe's, <laughs> had, uh, Bledsoe's minutes were down in the last game, but that was because of the blowout. Uh, he has cooled off a little bit. So would you say Bledsoe is a little bit of a buy-low player? Or I know you and I have never really been in on Bledsoe so much this year. Yeah, sure. I guess a mild by low. I mean, he's only averaging 20 and a half minutes over the past couple games. His shot's been way off. So owners are probably frustrated. Also, they had to weather an extended injury in December. So, yeah, float, float an offer out there. See if his owner's frustrated enough to give him up for, for nothing. Yep. Uh, and then I still, I have Devin Chent. He's like the last man on my roster on a bunch of teams. Like, I have him in so many. But I'm so close huh. to cutting him in so many places. He just like every I'm, every day. I think it's been like three times I've been like, okay, you have a bad game, I'm cutting you. And then in those three games, he always plays well. So yeah. So but he's been well, he's the been steals, awesome. The steals yeah. are always there. He hits threes. Yeah. yeah, he's a sneaky sneaky, especially in roto, uh, sneaky guy. Yep. Uh, but Bledsoe in eight January game, sixteen points, uh, only point eight steals, uh, only three point eight assists, one point six three. So he's been. Kind of boring, um, but he's sixteen fine. points sounds high. Even yeah, though I guess there were a couple, yeah, a couple spikers, you know, almost thirty games. Yep, yep. Uh, moving on to, I actually just got this news here. Uh, I'm going to jump to Chris Stats Porzingis. He is listed as out uh, for tonight, uh, according to Brad Townsend. Um, this is bad, man. So if you missed it on Wednesday, he was fully expected to go. All the past the two days leading up to it, he was supposed to play, uh, and they posted videos of him stretching and doing this and that, and working with the trainers. And then, bam! All of a sudden, late scratch. If you remember back on the thirty first of December to start this whole process, late scratch. Now he's out again. Oh my God! What's the how how high is the panic meter right now? Uh, pretty high, Mike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not great, um, Bob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, fortunately, it is, I think I misspoke on a previous podcast and said it, that, that he was dealing with pain in his surgically repaired knee. It is not Other that one, knee. yep. That's... But you frequently get those compensation injuries where if, you, you know, your body is putting more stress on another leg because you're kind of even unconsciously favoring one part of your body. So to see him have this problem, and then, as you said, suddenly he was a late scratch, and then when he was about to return, yeah, he, he was like, I felt a little bit of pain. It wasn't anything sharp, I think he said, but, yeah, this is not good news. Yeah, um, I mean, it... Would you immediately try to trade him? Like, wait, yeah, how, how high is your panic meter? It's high, but I'm always panicking over knee injuries. So I mean, yeah, it's especially with a seven foot three who's had is. leg issues his whole career, dating back yes. to his first summer league and even before that. But um, yeah, man, uh, I would be if you're in, not in good shape. Uh, if you have Chris Stapps and you're in like tenth and need build up, I mean, I would trade him for. I don't even know where I would start, um, but uh, I'm open to it for sure. Um, if, yeah, if you have to do it. Uh, and then on the flip side of that, if you're doing well, you know maybe you could go for him and get him cheap. But I think that the days of him playing upper 30s are done. Um, the days of him playing back to backs are done now. Um, this is obviously a scary thing. And, and I said that I've said this before. They were playing him too many minutes. But um, yeah, it kind of right. is what it is. You just got to kind of weather the storm if you can if you can afford it. Uh, and if you can't, then you know see what you, you can, I'm sure someone will be willing to trade for Porzingis. Uh, and he wasn't yeah. really that great per game. 
because uh, of his shooting percentages and his blocks are good. But anyways, um, I guess the takeaways here are Maxi Kleber, Dwight Powell, arrow pointing straight up. Um, make sure Kleber got dropped in a couple of my leagues when Porzingis was coming back, which would have made sense. But yeah, now, I yeah. I did that. I stre- yep. I was using him, and then I tried to stream him because I was like, oh, KP's back. Kleber's yep. probably gonna fall off. Now I regret that. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Seth Curry had a big game, um, the last one too. So the perimeter guys will be pr- maybe here and there. DeLon Wright's been a letdown, so I think keep an eye on Seth Curry. Dorian Finney-Smith has been kind of sneaky good, um, so I'd keep an eye out on him. Tim Hardaway, and, and yeah, the Tim Mavs Hardaway. have won three straight, and Kleber's playing fantastic. Oh, so it's yeah. not like they're going to rush Porzingis back, you know? Dwight Powell's been out, off the charts. Uh, I think he's been a third rounder since the since New yeah. Year's. So he's been just balling. But, um, yeah, kind of is what it is. Uh, I will note, um, for most formats, the Mavs have a terrible postseason fantasy schedule. So if you're going to trade for Porzingis, keep that in mind. Um, right. And then check out your schedules, too. Uh, okay. Anything else on this? No. It, when when we were talking about the panic and, you know, should you try to trade him even if you can only get, like, a top 75 guy, it just reminded me of the Kyrie situation where even even with him healthy, I'm, still, I'm like, desperately trying to trade Kyrie. I, I thought of a name. I trade for he Zingas. scares me. I trade him for Damian Lee. I, Would I'm you? A, I'm, a Damian, I'm a Damian Lee believer. Okay. Yeah, I think that's, especially I'd have if, to give that some thought. Yeah, I think that's where he's at, though. Like, I think you're talking about like guys who got off the waiver wire who have been good. Like, yeah, I think that's where I'd be looking. Um, uh, Barton, no brainer, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, okay. Um, Ubre, yeah. no brainer. I think. Uh, yeah. Yes. Fournier. I would. I would. Want uh, somebody, I'd want somebody else, but I think that's kind of weird. Yeah. I don't. I'm not. I never really loved Fournier's upset. Yeah. Um, but Magic can play pretty well up until last night, which we're getting yeah. to in a second, by the way. Uh, let's talk Daniel so you, Gafford. You, you, would, you would trade Porzingis for Dwight Powell. Sorry, final one. Ooh, good one. Um, no, nah, I'd want a little bit more, I think. But it's, it's in the right neighborhood. Okay. If, if he fit my team really well and I was desperate for a center, then yeah, maybe. I yeah, think that's I a fair that trade. Was a, that was a borderline one. Yeah, I think that's a pretty fair trade. Like Again, if you were like in last place, you need, you need a body, and the guy offers you Dwight Powell for him, like, sure. That way you can just root yeah. against him entirely. <laughs> but um, okay, so uh, Daniel Gafford out two to four weeks said it looked like his thumb was going to fall off his hand. Um, pretty much no analysis needed here. Uh, I have Luke Cornett wherever I could get him. Um, you know he's kind of a poor man's or welfare man's or homeless man's version of Jaron Jackson Jr. with blocks and threes. Um, I was going to say Brooke Lopez. I thought you yep. were going there. Okay, okay, that too. Yep, yep. Um, so yeah, he's I, I like Luke Cornett. They, they need him to shoot. Um, Boylan said they're going to give him open th- if he's going to take open threes. So yeah, I think he's got two and a half threes, one and a half blocks upside. So if he's decent everywhere else, you're pretty much right at one hundred value right there. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. And prior to uh, Gafford getting injured, I had read an article in the Athletic where Jim Boylan really praised Luke Cornett, and he said, "Listen, we brought him in here to play. We anticipated him having a big role, but Daniel Gafford has." been too good to keep off the court his energy his defense you know whatever we we had to play him but now without carter jr without gafford it's it's the luke Cornette show at center uh sure they can play larry markin and they can play thad some minutes at five in smaller lineups but not a ton so there's going to be a ton of cornet and as you said he, he'll hit threes get some blocks get some boards and that's enough for me yep 
Uh, okay, so let's close with uh, the Magic. They lost DJ Augustine now for three to four weeks, uh, possibly longer. Uh, there was a knot. I didn't on even his hear knee. that. Really? Yeah, there's a knot on his knee um, on Wednesday. So you thought something was coming, and yeah, he has bone irritation. Uh, so he's out oh. until the break at least. Um, so last night they ran Wes Awandu at the backup point guard spot. Uh, I want to say almost exclusively uh, behind Markel Fultz with some overlap as well. Um, I thought Awandu played okay. Uh, he had the career high against the Lakers, but that was because Evan Fournier was out in a back-to-back mm-hmm. game. So uh, you have to be really desperate to pick up Wes Awandu. But um, Markel Fultz is going to be valuable. And I think eventually when Michael Carter-Williams comes back, uh, a guy who's been pretty good in steals, you know, he can do some things with rebounding for a guard, maybe some assists. Uh, he's a guy Carter with an Williams. eye on. Yep, I think he's going to be kind of sneaky, you know, for steals. <laughs> yeah, all right. Neil Akini. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in, in deep leagues, I'm, I'm with yeah. you. I agree. It's, I just feel like every time I've added him over the past decade, he's done well for like two games and yeah. then just vanished um but actually i so okay so uh, uh, dj augustine is out for a minimum of three to four weeks yep so that makes and obviously jonathan isaac is done for the year that they applied for a disabled player exception so this actually makes me like 48 more yeah yeah um yeah i mean he's done 48 looked rusty yesterday uh it was because of that quad he got kicked in the leg on monday but um yeah they just got, got roasted Kawhi just destroyed them I like Fournier a bit more. Terrence Ross has been quite yep. good, good recently. I definitely pick him up if he's available. Yep. But there are they, they have a lot of guys like Wes Wundu, Emil Jefferson, uh, you know, even their big guys like Kemp Birch has been disappointing. Mo Bamba has been kind of hit or miss. Just not a lot of ads, right? Despite yeah. all these injuries. Yep. So that's what I'm saying. I think that uh, if if they well, they're actually in the hunt. I think they're the seventh seed right now. Uh, at 20 and 22. Yeah, the bottoms of both conferences are so bad, Mike. Yeah, the Nets are playing terribly right now. <laughs> yeah, they're they're in the seventh seed. Yep, yep. So, nothing really too exciting. But, um, yeah, I, that's why I kind of mentioned Fournier could be kind of sneaky. But I've never really been. Yeah. Other than, like, I think, like, the Denver days. This was the only time I was a Fournier guy with the, ha- the hashtag more champagne stuff. Right. Uh, yeah. But add, add, add Ross. And yeah, otherwise Ross there's not much fire. to see here. Yep. Uh, and a one do deep uh, streamer pretty much because uh, point guard minutes are valuable, man. Um, and, and there's really nobody in that second unit that can score. Like Gary Clark can't score. Um, Bomba's only uh, a catch and shoot guy, really. No post up game. Terrence Ross obviously can score, but they need somebody else to get him the ball. Uh, closing with the Clippers. So uh, Paul George is just doing shooting at shoot arounds. We don't know what else he's doing. So just hearing that, I, when I read that, I'm like, yo, he's out for a couple more weeks. Um, we know, that, so he had hamstring, they called it uh, soreness, and then he aggravated it at practice, and they called it a strain, and he's been out since. E. And he's, yeah, yeah, hamstring, I mean, look at Mike Conley. You aggravate your hamstring, you are shut down. Uh, so I think that, I don't, I'm if I would bet, I, I don't think Paul George is back until February. Um, and then we just lost Mo Harkless for a sore back. So I think Michael Green is the guy I'd pick up in a deeper league here. Uh, mm-hmm. Shamet's been pretty boring. Um, got a lot of shots yesterday in 13 of those, but hasn't been very good. Um, more of just a three-pointer specialist, but, uh, that's kind of where we're at there. Um, and then, um, Harrell gained value, Lou Williams will gain value, Beverly will gain value, and obviously Kawhi's been insane. Uh, first player since, El- first Clipper since Elton Brand to score 30-plus in four straight games in 
Nice. Yeah, Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell as that one-two punch off the bench have been setting records and decimating teams. Uh, they've really been a, a saving grace for the Clippers despite all these missed games from Kawhi and Paul George. And I'm with you. I think PG probably is out till February. Yeah. Um, yeah, hamstring injuries you don't want to mess with. And the Clippers have enough depth. Like, they can just throw a guy like Rodney McRuder into the mix. Yeah. Uh, Terrence Mann even is pretty big, even though he plays some point guard he's he's got good size jamichael green patrick patterson so they have enough guys that can kind of put a band-aid on this problem and the record is good enough they don't need to rush paul george back we already know they're conservative about injuries so not thrilling if you own pg yep but just sit it it just stinks he it took uh so long to get back and then now he's hurt again so but he's been pretty oh yeah. he's actually kind of had some some dips but uh yeah it kind of is what it is but just take your time and uh, hopefully he's good to go um, I just want to add one thing. Um, Steven Adams was off the injury report last night, but he's back on it now uh, with a knee injury. So Ugh. it could be full-on moose season uh, with a little bit of Justin Patton um, as the backup Ugh. if yeah. uh, no one's Noel. Because we haven't seen yeah we haven't seen Noel back on the practice court, have we? Yeah, he's getting uh, an update today. He's technically questionable, but I'd be surprised if he plays today. So um, sneaky yeah. stream if you play in a, um, a daily league. They play Friday, Saturday, Monday, so you get three games in four days. So you're saying plug in Muscala? Moose, we'll turn, turn loose the moose, man. I if would too. Man. He's been he's been pretty good lately, and they yeah. have no other option. Yeah, that's that's where you got to go. Uh, although Shay Shay's a, a big Shay's like the new Westbrook with rebounds, though. Yeah, twenty rebounds. I saw that line. I was <laughs> so I didn't watch awesome. the game, but I saw the box score. Yeah. I was like, what just happened? So good. Uh, all right, so we're out of here on that. You guys enjoy your weekend. Kirby enthusiasm this weekend. Oh my god, I can't wait. New apps? New episode, season ten. Very nice. Okay. Yeah, yeah. My favorite episode's uh Palestinian chicken, by the way. That oh, might wow. be my the best part of this pod so far is right. learning that there, that there's new curve coming out. All yeah, right. oh, it's my it's my it's my favorite show of all time. Like I can't get enough curve. So yeah. um, shout out to you curb fans out there and shout out to your fantasy teams. You guys take care. Have a great weekend and thanks for coming on, man. You got to make Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz & Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.